Hey, this is Rob Unspock, and welcome back to another edition of eHeroes. For those keeping count, this is episode 227. And my next guest hasn't been on the show since episode 54, so years ago. So I had this whole thing prepared. I was going to introduce him, but you know what? I'm just going to go right into this TV shtick. In a world of nine-second attention spans, our next hero will undistract you with his new book. <laughs> How'd you like that? Tony Roblitsky, thank you for being here. And uh, this is going to be fun. Yeah, you're hired as my PRPT Barnum. <laughs> I have to start out with just saying, like we did before we hit record, is that shirt is genius, Rob. And uh, really? My shirt says, for all those that, that, uh, that are watching us on YouTube, that's great, or any other video platform. But if you're listening to audio, my shirt says, I'm billing you for this conversation. <laughs> that is mind capture power and a great t-shirt. So way to get my attention right out of the gate, Rob. Good to be here. Yeah, I'll send you an invoice. All right. <laughs> so you got a new book, but we have to catch the audience up yep. because, you know, when, when you appeared on the eHeroes podcast years ago, uh, it was, I think, back in 2019. And and now we're almost into 2023. When, when the people uh, hear this on audio, it will be 2023. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In that time you had positive disruption and now you're coming out with a sequel there it is oh, I'm it. shamelessly there's yeah, so now there's two books positive disruption and positive disruption too so let's talk about those because you know you're you're this you're this uh you know brilliant guy i mean your whole your whole uh you know branding is on mind capture but how do these books help? Well, I think it's a great question. I appreciate the compliment, Rob. Um, I think if anything is that the world right now has got, you know, we joke about the nine second attention span. Some days I think it's even shorter, but we're constantly bombarded every turn, especially on our mobile devices with ads and shiny objects. Look at me, click here, go there. And then with all the AI and retargeting, you and I know as marketers, it's lethal. Yeah. So I would say we're in a war of attention every day. And if you don't deliberately, in my opinion, I'm going to give a lot of strong opinions like last time, uh, override that and have powerful habits, the negativity can take you out. And if you have several days of that, it's tougher to get out of that downward spiral like you're draining down. Right. So I'm pragmatist now that I just turned 50 this year. It's like you get reflective every 10 years when you make it. And I'm not saying that I'm always positive. However, the world, if you don't condition yourself and watch what you're inputting, like software, it will grind you down. And it's not just our online devices, Rob. It's the people around us, um, particularly our associations. I mean, these are a lot of cliches because a lot of the book is, is very simple by design. Mm -hmm. People, they, they go to the book and they say, there's a quote, which people love quotes. I'm a geek like this. There's a question and there's actually lines in the book for them to write self-reflect and journal. So I'm a big believer that you need to get selfish. And a lot of people that have given us feedback and bought hundreds of books have said, this thing's addictive. Mm -hmm. I'm like, God, they write every morning. They'll do it at nighttime before bed. They'll go back through the book months later and look at their reflections and their changes and their notes. And to me, it's very, very cool to see the reaction when people use the book. So again, as the hope dealer, that's my nickname. I didn't wear my hope dealer shirt. It's black and it says hope dealer. Mm -hmm. You know, 
it's difficult to sell hope right now, Rob. Right. And you look at me sometimes uh, like I'm the village idiot. Right. Well, I just opened up uh, your positive disruption, the very first one. I opened up to December 1st, which is when the date that we're recording this. And the quote is, never blame anyone in your life. Good people give you happiness. Bad people give you experience. Worst people give you a lesson. And best people give you memories. And it's a quote from Zig Ziglar. But there's plenty of space to write your your feelings, your objections, everything in there. And, uh, you know, years ago when I wrote the book uh, Lessons from the Dojo, you know, I, I kept every page a new lesson. So because... Yeah. Again, and and that book I wrote in 2015. I wanted uh, just a simple book that people could page through, learn something new every day, and and that's the same concept with this book. But for me, it was only 101 ways. This is 365. Every single day, this book will work. Same with your new one. Yeah. Well, and I'm also borrowing from a lot of past teachers that have gone or no longer here, and there's some current thought leaders or you know teachers or provocateurs and disruptors that we pulled into the book. So we also turn over to a lot of our clients and fan bases. So look, submit your quotes for us. Mm -hmm. In conclusion, we'll give you credit. We'll obviously give them the books and some other fun prizes, but it's a collaborative effort. And the book is really easy. I mean, I joke with some people, yeah, I write coloring books. Um, The last two, it's not to diminish what's in there, the value, but other books I've written, not not 30 plus like you, I've got a few other ones in front of this one. Um, This is again for the reader. And it's not to be complex. The front matter, the book's only like 10 or 12 pages. Right. And we have the person go through it and start to have it integrated and hopefully become a daily habit. So um, the reaction's been interesting. So to do a volume two, the new one, um, there was enough strong market need and want for another follow-up. And my schedule got busier as the pandemic was wrapping up and the world opened. I was starting to fly around to gigs and, and get out there. Was that it was written differently, but the same genesis was, let's bring some new quotes, some new questions to the new year. So I didn't know the first volume that you have in your office would take off like it did. Right. It is outsold many of my other books. Mm-hmm. However, the timing issue going on, the world got locked down. And I don't like to spend a lot of time looking back at that. That's wisdom. But the reality is people had a chance to self-reflect and slow down. Mm-hmm. Many of us had COVID. We know people that were impacted by it. So it, on the planetary level, my assessment or strong opinion is we got a chance to look inward and say, maybe what is the meaning of work? What's the meaning of my life? Is my entrepreneurial call the right one? Do I like my clients? Do I need new clients? Do some need to get fired? So that soul searching in the first year of it in 2020 happened to almost every human, I believe. So that being said, the first volume was sort of this kind of crazy experiment to put out in November of 20, and then it took off. Right. Volume two is going on Amazon now, where we didn't have the distribution because we rushed the book to get it out at the end of the year because of timeliness. So there's a couple key marketing lessons there. Listening to the market, timeliness, and believing in something when everyone was kind of sitting around, kind of stuck. Right. We launched the book. Well, you know, it, it's uh, I love I love the title. Anything with disruption in it. Uh, as you know, I, I'm I'm a personality disruptor, and 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 my whole Rob versus series of of disruption is my sarcastic take on on life scammers, morons, entitled unicorns, and, and uh, when that came out in uh, the first one, Rob versus the scammers in 2019, um, 
I just believed in the message. And I, and I was sharing these stories out on Facebook anyway. Yeah. And everybody's like, hey, Rob, you know, make a book. So I collectively took all these stories, made a, a book out of it. And I, I, I sent it around to get feedback from people. And 95% of the people loved it. The awesome. other 5%, the other 5% or the other four, there was 4% that said, eh. And then the 1%, the one guy who I thought was going to give me this great, brilliant uh, testimony was like, Rob, I, I don't understand it. It's not really a book. It's just a collection of stories. <laughs> wow and, and and the thing is here, here's here's the problem with that i didn't listen to him i just mm -hmm. went full bore because i believed in the book and i sent it out and and that outsold all my other books so i said and, and i'm not a i'm not a big sequel person so rob versus the scammers 2 didn't didn't work for me it had to be a different title but along with the the it, within that series of books I think the problem is, is that had I listened to that one person, that naysayer, I wouldn't have even put the book out. It didn't matter what the other 99 people said. And that's the problem with people put these bogus testimonials on YouTube and not YouTube on, well, I guess YouTube too, but on all these review places like Facebook and Google and Yelp. And, and we reflect on that negative all the time. Well, we, I think we don't up, do anything. You bring up a great point on that. And, and you're going to send me your book so I can read them and I'll, I'll promote them. Because here's the thing. I love comedy. And my definition of comedy, because there's so much of it around us, is tragedy plus time. Mm -hmm. If you look at stories, I'm not trying to advocate violence or we enjoy pain. But part of the human condition is going to be a lot of challenge. And you're going to experience setbacks. Right. right? Live a perfect life, which I haven't met anybody yet that does it. What I love about your series is a couple things. And when I read it, I'll give you more feedback. The title is you. It's mm -hmm. your personality. You should be you, Rob. And there are people who don't like me because I'm too positive. Oh, you're that motivational speaker guy wearing that Hope Dealer shirt. What haven't you seen the world right? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm aware of it. I have three grown kids. Trust me. I've seen some craziness. Okay. Right. <clears throat> I had valleys in my life and career, particularly the last 10 years that are very public. Yeah. You know, I have an addiction that I've worked through. It was public. I didn't put it all over social media, but people were aware of it, especially my huge family and clients. Um, I've had divorce, so I, I've had setback. That's not something you want to go on stage and say, you should do what I did. No, I but know you, the, the thing is, is that those are the experiences that when you share out to other people, they feel more connected to you because they've gone through that same pain, that yeah. same joy, that same whatever. And now yeah. they're, 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 they're finding other people that, that have gone through that and they want to listen and then they trust you and they want to buy from you because there's commonality. Well, you mentioned December 1st, the reading from Zig Ziglar, the quote. Um, Zig used to say, facts tell, stories sell. Mm -hmm. And I think it's highly instructive for everyone. I don't use everyone that's listening to this now or in real time or in later is get your stories down because they connect at a deep level. I do a lot of live speaking one to many in large rooms. And the stories have to connect with a large percentage of the group. It's almost like stand-up. The parallel is I test stories to see which make the most impact to help people and that get a reaction. And sometimes it's shock, sometimes it's laughter, sometimes it's like, what is that? But the goal is they can parallel that, oh, I can relate to him. Oh, he's just like me or my neighbor or my husband. 
And people love familiarity, Rob. Mm-hmm. And you look at your books, which I'm excited to get, <clears throat> is that these stories, you can't make them up. I've seen you share a lot of your books online in your Facebook posts. So some of them are like, oh, I remember that one when I read the book. But again, humans since the dawn of time, the technology's changed. We now have Zoom and phones and live. I mean, look at what we're doing right now. Right. We're sitting 600 miles away from each other on a little device and a laptop with little wires or invisible wires that connect to record this. That's pretty damn cool, Rob. If you went back 100 years ago and took someone in a time machine to now and took them in your office for a day, they'd faint. They'd be like, how do you keep up with this? Oh, my God it would overwhelm their brain and their capacity to comprehend what is going on. Well, so, there's still, there's still people in the world like that and and they don't understand, you know, my ability or even your ability to write books. They're like, uh, Rob, uh, 36 books. Yeah. But I knew you from high school and you sucked at grammar. I, I still <laughs> suck at grammar. Yeah. yeah I'm dyslexic. I, I'm, I'm ADD, but you know what? Every day I'm writing. Every day I'm putting in the work. Every day I'm consistent. And, yep. and and I recycle my content everywhere. So whatever I post on Facebook, whatever I videos I make, you know, eventually find their way into a book. Well, I think a couple of things are instructive of what you just said. First off, congrats on um, relentless consistency. Consistency with your right. Okay. That's a lot of output. Um, it, you're shipping a lot, Rob, because you're not talking and bitching about it. Right. You're actually organizing the content and shipping it out there to help people. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of thoughts there. On top of that, if you look at when we're creating things, we're allowed to change every day. So whatever situation, anyone listening right now, I thank them for the gift of their time and attention to hear us. Okay. But one thing I want to really drive home is you're allowed to change your life any moment, any given day. I've made major changes the last 10 years that came down to a decision that I thought about, prayed about. Sometimes they were forced upon me. That decision was made on that specific day that changed the direction of my life. Mm-hmm. And people get stuck, you know, 30, 40 years old. Well, that's the way it's always been here in Omaha. Well, my wife won't let me do that. My husband's a jerk. Well, why don't I have a conversation to address the change versus being miserable maybe another 20 or 30 years? Right. Address it. And, and deal with the, the short-term uncomfortableness versus the long-term misery. And Rob, what, what motivates me most is I love it when people, the light bulb goes off. It could be an email, a Zoom call, a live audience, and a training in front of a room is when they go, oh, I get it. Or you know what? I'm going to try that because they get their self-sovereignty back, their personal power to try new ideas, to speak their truth, to speak their voice. Everyone talks online about being authentic, okay? Mm-hmm. Do it then. Right. A large percentage of people online don't ever comment, Rob. They're just watching. Yeah. Get into the game. Also, I heard this interesting another podcast a couple of weeks ago. Someone said that some of the most maybe arrogant people are the ones that are on social media. They're too afraid to put their words, their creativity, their ideas, their product or service out there because one negative comment like you got would crush them. They would not know how to respond to constructive and sometimes just mean trolling criticism and i also look at the critics and say well they're paying attention to me something's up and the last two years to be the hope dealer it's been tough some days because it's real easy to be kind of snarky and people get all negative about the weather and then in the midwest here when the snow fell yesterday i'm like oh here we go most of the conversations are over on how snowy it is well it's almost december i hope it's snowing 
but that's like three seconds of my life clock back to work. Mm -hmm. So to me, being negative is addictive. It's easy. It's a cop out. I say that in a lot of our new press releases to the media, it's easy just to say, yeah, the world's bad and Ukraine and this and that and inflation and Biden and wah, wah. I call that the Snoopy club. What's really hard to do is to lead from the front, to be an optimist, to lead by example and action, not just whining. One thing that frustrated me the last couple of years, Rob, I don't know if you saw this, was how many so-called leaders didn't lead. Right. Lots of CEOs, lots of nonprofit executive directors sit in their office and hide. It pissed me off for quite a while. I'm going to be candid with you. I'm the hope dealer, Mr. Positive. I got very frustrated watching these leaders entitled do nothing for a couple of years, except make excuses. Or they spewed wrong information and, um, you know, just, and, 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 and I don't want to point fingers, but Disney is the big example right now. And, and they got rid of their CEO. They brought back their old one. Things mm-hmm. are changing. And the new, the, uh, Bob Iger, who who replaced Bob Chapek, is basically now going into apologizing mode, you know, saying, hey, look, this is what we're doing. This is what yep. we're going to go back to. We're going to shift. We're going to bring more stories and everything. I mean, because he sees the value in not only treating employees better, but not bringing in a culture of of, of hate or or miscommunication. And 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 so a lot of companies are are you know, shifting things. Well, I, I saw the news on that and it was kind of a pleasant surprise as a, as a marketing business guy, because here's the deal. Very few leaders, particularly in the government section, mm-hmm. okay, government fans that read my books and I, I applaud them is they very rarely will walk back when they're wrong. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're too embarrassed, uh, too prideful. They won't say, Hey, we made a mistake. Here's what we're doing to fix it. We apologize. They move on. You almost never hear that. <laughs> I don't know if it's general in-house counsel, ironic with you work with lawyers, Mm -hmm. you can't apologize. We might open ourselves to lawsuit. Well, people have common sense. I call Mm -hmm. it a meter. I'm going back to my first mind capture book as a puppy 20 some odd years ago, where I talk about the built-in BS meter. If it looks like a heavy handed sales pitch, something's coming. Humans deep down know, particularly in the Western countries, there's a sales pitch coming. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with sales. You and I are engaged in sales. Here's the ship. Those that are going to be gainfully employed the next couple of years are going to have to be very good at selling themselves, their ideas, their belief. Because if you don't, well, there's other people that will sell and have more passion to out-hustle and not be afraid. So it's good to see Disney leading from the front again. And I'm not afraid to kind of push up against some rough rough edges here, particularly with live groups, because I get paid up front. (laughs) Rob, you taught me that. (laughs) And some other mentors. But is to say, hey, look, we're all adults, right? Um, I'm going to give you some strong opinions, like what we're doing on this podcast right now, Rob. And I'm hoping that you disagree with a lot, if not everything I say. Some things are going to resonate and they're going to be of value immediately. Some are going to be completely challenging and some you're going to go, I absolutely disagree. Good. Let's now as human adults agree to disagree respectfully and not get all upset and triggered. You have the thought police, as George Orwell talks about in the book 1984, the classic book. The thought police are around right now, Rob. And I don't want to go too far down the the tinfoil hat roll, but it does impact how we market and communicate in the world. People feel like, well, I don't know if I want to say that it might tick somebody off. Well, 
you're going to tick people off no matter what you do. One of my mentors taught me in the speaking game 15 years ago. He said, hey, you're out doing book tours. He goes, the higher up you go in the speaking world, the writing world, the bigger the bullseye will be on your ass. Mm -hmm. The more haters, the more jealousy, the more people are going to like you. They're going to think that you had special favors. You knew the right people. He's been 100% right. And knowing the, the difficulty of the task going in didn't deter me. It was very pragmatic advice to prepare me, to catch that to prepare me, not deter me, to go into a very competitive industry that's built on a lot of smoke and mirrors, Rob. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of speakers out there because I do live events and bring speakers in that are full of shit. Mm -hmm. And I sit in the back room and I go, Lord, just forgive me. I know I'm not supposed to judge, but they're they're totally not being genuine, this audience. Mm -hmm. It's almost like you have to take a shower when you get done watching them speak. You're like, oh, I feel dirty. I can't believe the meeting planners letting them on the stage. I, no. was, I, I, was, I got on a stage behind somebody and my first comment when I got up there was everything that guy just said was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, more cowbell. And then I went on to my speech and uh, they didn't remember that guy, but they remembered me. <laughs> well, I got to be prepared. If I ever book you at my boot camp, we have to have some language in writing before you go on, Rob. But uh, that, 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 see, there's a powerful story that you can't make up. And I guess why I'm talking about, you know, the industry and, and speaking our mind is right now, speaking the truth is almost an endangered species. Yeah. And I think as we sit here, you and I, in this interview in the United States, where we call home, we're still allowed, thank God, for a few things. Freedom of expression, freedom of speech, and freedom of assembly. Those were three components that when I've gone on television and podcast and done live events the last couple of years, I've reminded the audience of that, that you should be allowed to do these things. They're mm -hmm. not prohibited. And if we have the semblance of fear, or I'm going to get in trouble, that hurts public discourse. It's sort of the hidden elephant in the room that people are like, well, I don't want to make somebody upset. I'm sorry. Most of your audience is entrepreneurs, Rob, like me. Every day you're ticking somebody off out of jealousy over things you can't control, their worldview, their own anger that they project out. And you just have sometimes had to look at them, smile, send them love and say, I'm not for you. That's OK. Yeah. That's OK. I, you know, for me, it's I have a trigger meter. I have to achieve some. I have to trigger so many people a day. Otherwise, I, I'm not happy anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I think the biggest thing I want to convey um, amongst a couple other things already is. It's okay to have fun. Yeah, you have Many to. People are walking around just mentally constipated all day. They're not laughing. They're not enjoying life. They're not enjoying music, art, beauty. They're mm. animals. They're kids. They're goofy coworkers. I mean, you want to have some fun. I've said this in other talks. Go to most WalMarts and walk around for a half hour. You will. You cannot help but laugh. Right. Some people. Well, that's offensive. No. What some people mm. walk out of their houses could be offensive, mm -hmm. and you can't help but laugh at that. Rob, I love stand-up comedy. Um, a lot of my folks have said, man, you're kind of funny. You should do stand-up. I'm like, well, that's not the thing. But there's too much golden things to chuckle about right. everyday life. Yeah, so and, and, if you do your midnight, I hope you would say, I'm going to listen to some great music. Maybe you have your favorite meal or beverage. You, you, you put on your favorite comedy skit. But the point is this. We have got to lighten up. Another thing that resonates through these two books is the joy of gratitude and living. And realizing you have a lot of things to be grateful for. Instead of like humans do this, we focus on the one thing we're missing the most. And we obsess usually 
or that one negative review on Amazon, that one negative comment on Facebook, we focus on that. And those darn trolls get too much power or mental space in our head. I say, all right, Rob, here's my simplest way I handle social media. You're on it a lot like I am. I just like every comment and keep moving. <laughs> Even the ones I disagree with or don't like or the zany ones, I just like it. And it shuts it down. I've taught my clients this. Just like everybody and keep moving. Now, if they're being a real knucklehead or moron, as you would say, then you might message them real quick. Then I block. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like kind of three strikes rule if you're being zany. And I don't get a lot of that. But once in a while, you get something out of left field. I'm like, hey, they have freedom of opinion and expression. Leave it there. If it's highly offensive, of course, Facebook will take it down or Instagram. But I just like everything. Yeah. And people are like, it saves me a ton of time. Yeah. Yeah. I just made a video about opinions because, you know, lately everybody's like, you know, give me your best opinion on this. I give you my opinion and then you get all triggered. Stop asking <laughs> for opinions if that's how you're going to be. Yeah. I just, well, I think the big thing too is we lose track of our own genius. Right. That's another big component where we drive home the book that you have and the new one coming out is go inside your other self, some religious experiences called the Holy is stop and meditate, take a walk, put some music on. My best ideas come when my mind's at ease, Rob. Right. I'm just kind of free thinking. I'm like, oh my gosh, this idea dropped down. But I set my subconscious up and it sounds maybe a little voodoo, a little woo-woo, but it's known throughout history. Well, you have my, all when in, the, in the summer, I, I push mow my, my, my lawn and I wear my headphones. I listen to 80s music and I get the best inspiration, best ideas. In the winter, there's snow, and I'm like, oh, great. That's five months of not making any ideas. <laughs> so I got to come up with some other way to do that. But, you know, <clears throat> one, of the, one of the things you mentioned early on <clears throat> is that light bulb moment. And, and uh, I, I kind of reframe that to uh, getting struck by lightning. You know, and, yeah. and many entrepreneurs, <clears throat> if you look at their story, it, it, it wasn't a physical act of getting struck by lightning, but it was that idea that hit them upside the head that they ran with it. And, and now they're, you know, that, that, that was their kind of their origin story. That was what made them who they are. But then there was always these opportunities that came up that transformed them into superstars. But yep. had they not gotten struck by lightning, had they ignored it, had they ignored those signs or those opportunities, They'd be just like everybody else. And yeah. so, you know, if you get struck by lightning, run, you know. I, I want to add to that. And I'm going to show something here in a second. And I think because the way the recording comes out, I can disclose this. This is a real world case study of what we're talking about, this principle in action. Two weeks ago, I was leaving a television interview in Grand Rapids, Michigan, driving through a snowstorm, kind of like the hyperspeed in Star Wars. <laughs> Snow was coming down. I got music on. I'm just sitting there and I went, Oh my gosh, I have an idea. I'm holding up a magazine I got yesterday at Barnes Noble. It's Taylor Swift. Okay. Arguably, besides the, the, the remaining Beatles and some of the other acts, one of the most well-known names in popular cultures, particularly pop music. Okay. And the idea, which we're going to launch in six days, came to me driving in a snowstorm. And I got to be careful because of the taping. When will this be released, Rob? Uh, the video goes out right away, and then the audio doesn't go out until um, okay. February. So it's live and it'll go up. All yeah. right. We're going to do a promotion in six days involving Taylor Swift 
that when it hits the PR wires in six days, it'll probably get global attention. Mm-hmm. I had to literally work through the fear of the idea with our team and a couple other trusted business confidants, the right advice, to pick it apart and, and talk me out of it almost, <laughs> to actually execute the idea that's going to be an investment, not a cost of several thousands of dollars, also involving tickets to her, her sold out show that I had literally for days was like, we're on to something, but oh my gosh, what about this? What about that? What will my family think? Is it too expensive? Are they going to think we're hokey? It's pushing through the fear, Rob. Right. This idea, if it hits the wires and it takes off, particularly with her fan clubs, could be monstrous publicity. I'm not expecting that, praying for it. I don't know. My gut says, I've had this bell every few years where it goes off and it's like, this is an idea you need to really explore and you need to move on. Yeah. So if you see something the next few weeks or me on a television show, oh, you know, it, that, that was, that was right. That was me almost 10 years ago. I was, I was on a plane coming back from Phoenix and I had this idea. And at the time I, I had a coaching business, not as, not as great as it is now. I didn't have a publishing company. Um, at the time I still had my carpet cleaning business. Mm-hmm. So I had that business for, for many many years so i'm coming back on this plane and i come up with this idea of, of let's why don't i make the easiest social media book ever and it was just 27 ways to do this this and this mm-hmm. and i thought huh. and i start jotting down all the ideas on the plane i get home wrote the book published it i had the manuscript i shopped it around nobody wanted it because they wanted these thick manuscripts and they wanted everything technical. And I'm like, no, I just want to keep it simple. So I created my own publishing company, put the book out there. And here's a carpet cleaner publishing a book on social media. And immediately I sold 2000 copies. That is awesome. Had I had that fear, I would have never had the book published. I would have never started my publishing company. And to this day, I probably would never have you know, published 36 books. Well, you know what Taylor Swift would say as I hold up her mug here on her magazine? She would say, shake it off, shake it off, and get moving. Yeah, you, you don't want me you don't want me shaking it. No, you literally took the idea and you didn't wait because there's that moment when the idea drops and you have to capture it. My I have post notes everywhere on my desk, my travel bag, inside books. My kids are like, Dad always has post-it notes and a pen. Well, sometimes I can't get to my phone. I do capture ideas there, mm-hmm. but I'll stop literally pull over and write things down. I'm like, here it comes. I call it the divine download. Mm-hmm. My faith walk, it's the Holy Spirit, the other self. But when it happens, I'm like, oh boy, when it's really loud internally, that intuition's like really beaming like this idea was. I'm like, we got to explore this. And I cannot talk myself out of it. I'm, I'm afraid of the, buying the tickets for the contest, which were very expensive. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, what if it doesn't work? Well, what if it does? That's right. I don't want to look back in a year and go, man, you should have tried that idea. Or what could happen is a month or two from now, I might see something similar and go, dude, you had it. But you let that little negative voice, the biggest enemy we all face, Rob, is the internal self-talk. Right. External is very challenging. But that little voice knows how to pull our triggers, how to get us to you know, not take action, how to get comfortable. Oh, it's okay. It's very comforting because our internal voice hates change. Mm-hmm. And to override that takes incredible discipline, fortitude, persistence. There's a variety of words to describe the same thing. You got to take action. Okay. So I look at this and say, you just gifted me with the story of your book. 
look at the ripple effect of what you did from an airplane ride. Mm-hmm. And now you're a publishing company. You've helped thousands of people. You have all these great books out there. You're enriching lives because you shut down the resistance or the fear. Stephen Pressfield calls it the resistance, which is your doubt. Right. And every day we go to battle with that resistance. And there's days I don't feel good. I'm tired. I'm jet lagged. I'm like, the show must go on. The That's deadline right. must be hit. And even if I hit two or three of the deadlines out of four or five, the other ones roll to the next day. I've made forward progress. Yeah. And, and, you know, this, this uh, podcast is a testament to that because going in, you know, this is episode 227. Uh, it's going on for almost five years. And, uh, you know, I put it out an episode every single week. And and yep. to most people, you know, statistics say that, uh, you know, most podcasters don't get past the 10th episode. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I, I'm doing something right. And, you know, this is not one of these get rich podcast things. It's, I don't make money on it. But what I do <laughs> is I, I teach other entrepreneurs how to think differently, you know, get other people's perspective. And if I pick up a client or two, that's great. But that's not the. The purpose of this, the purpose of this is, is to make sure that entrepreneurs know the information that's out there. Well, I want to compliment you because um, there's consistency at work. There's lo- there's longevity. You've got over five years now. It was interesting. We mentioned episode 54. I'm like, God, it's been three and a half, four years. I can't believe how fast the time went. But there's a couple other thoughts here. This is something that I've shared with some of our high-end clients. I'll give you a little preview for your audience. One of the strategies when we launch a book, okay, this is some of the advanced copies. We mail out hundreds of these before, during, and post-launch. And I don't look at it as I'm as an expense. I'm gifting away, not giving away a lot of books. Mm-hmm. And one of my mentors, Larry Winger, who just re- retired from the speaking industry, is a million-dollar speaker, said, you know, give away all kinds of stuff. You never know where it's going to get whose life it's going to change. It gets handed off to a CEO or someone that needs you right then and there. It could be years later, but we deliberately put in thousands of dollars of investment to give away. The whole Taylor Swift thing again is a huge giveaway. And it's going to probably get some of her fans going, what's the catch? Well, here's all the rules. Here's all the prizes. Here's your deadlines. We had to think this out so I don't get sued. That's the biggest concern we have is what if we get overwhelmed with entrance or conjugal entries and we get we blow the system out? Well, then we have to hire an auditing company to draw the prizes. That's a great problem to have, Rob, if it happens. Mm-hmm. We'll figure it out as we go, but we have to do as much proactive um, launching and not let the idea die. But right. give away a ton of stuff. And here's my advice to a lot of authors. Don't be so damn cheap. You send out promo copies. You, you do the podcast. Oh, I, I, I send out hundreds and hundreds of books a year. But the thing is, I always encourage them. If you like the book, please take a picture of it. Send it to me. Post it on social, whatever. Yep. I get so hundreds of people. When you send me a bunch and I send you mine, yeah. I'm going to read them. I read like a nerd. I read on airplanes. I, I always have books around. I'll read them. And I'll be like, this book rocks. Thanks, Rob. You didn't ask I, me to do it. I, I just had somebody, uh, in fact, he was on my podcast, Dave Pickles. He takes tours up to uh, Summit Tours. So he was just up in in, in uh, Everest. So while wow. he's at while he's at the base camp, he took my last book, Rob versus the Unicorns, took a picture. And it says <laughs> Mount Everest Base Camp. And my book's right there. I'm like, and I'm like, wow, my, my book's traveling all over the world. And 
and and uh, you know I've had pictures from people from Norway, from Australia, from they're all sharing my books, and I'm like, this is awesome. Well, my staples button. Here you go. Get ready. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, Lee Miltier. Lee Miltier sent me one a couple of years ago, and you press it, and it says that was bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Someone right now is going through customs, and a TSA agent is going, "Who's this moron?" <laughs> And it could be in China or the UK. Your book is going places, Rob, literally. Yeah. And, and so everything that we do as entrepreneurs, give it away. And and that's the problem. I, I think that's one of the things that, that I've always learned is that, you know, inf- I, I've, I've gotten free information. I'm going to turn around and share it with somebody else. doesn't make me smarter. It doesn't make me, you know, arrogant, whatever. I just, I'm sharing. And that was the whole premise of my first book, share. Yep. Why aren't we sharing? But, yep. you know, it, it's, it's, uh, there's, there's discretion to know when to turn the billing light on, like your yeah. t-shirt. Cause some people just want to be time vampires and suck all your content and not pay for it. That's called wisdom to know with experience of when you say, Hey, I do have a paid relationship, a paid coaching program. I do live events. If you want to sponsor is turning that light on because we give and we give. And if we don't put up a boundary, people right. will abuse it. Let me be very clear. The self-help industry, um, you've got to be cautious because sometimes there's the setup yeah. and you and I can sniff it, but give away great value. I call content information of value. That's how I describe it for the right audience. And many times it comes back mm-hmm. and I give really, I don't say, well, I hope they endorse me. I hope they put my picture on. That's to me, like right now, we're mailing tons of books out. Yours will go out today, Rob. It's like Christmas time. I'm like, woohoo, send them out. It's fun to send them out. And the postal people get mad at me, like, oh, here he comes again with his team, all these books. I'm like, I'm paying your pension. Relax. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it's it's fun. Yeah. And it's always amazing the ripple effect of what you've done with Rob versus series, your own productive work. And what I'm doing, other fellow writers, is the ones that are the givers usually do very well. And the audience will give you feedback even when you don't expect it. So um, that's kind of a deeper principle that most people miss because it's too easy. It sounds too like there's got to be more. No, you've got to, as Ivan Meisner taught me when I interviewed him, he's the founder of BNI. Mm-hmm. This is not international, is giver's gain. Two simple words. I don't know if he's trademarked it, but he should. Giver's gain. Mm-hmm. And typically your best marketers are given so much gold out there. It's just it falls on the right ears. Right. And rubber meets the road is those that actually that 5% that take action consistently. Because right. so many people have solved the problems at a Starbucks. You can walk in any Starbucks or coffee shop in America and everyone's solving the world's problems, but they never leave the table. Mm-hmm. They don't take any action. Then they'll whine about it. They'll keep talking about it for months on end. And I'm waiting for someone to go, well, what are you going to do to help solve it? Have you taken action? And they would quiet the whole table. A lot of talkers, as they say in Texas, big hat, no cattle. So if you're listening right now, you're likely one of those folks that takes action. Thank God I'm applauding here. We need more people to step up and take action. That goes back to what we do, Rob. We play with the mind. If the mind's tuned up right, the action very rarely will follow over a sustained period of time. It's daily. Zig used to say, you know, we take a shower every day. How can we don't take a shower for our mind? I'm paraphrasing, but personal development to me is a, is a, a habit. It's a daily activity and it's non-negotiable. 
Right. If I go on vacation sometimes and I take a few days off habits, I'm like, I'm getting edgy. Well, I've let my habits fall and I'm getting surrounded by too much negativity and I'm flowing around with how dark the society is mm-hmm. based on the programming coming at us. It's putting that force field up each day to get things done. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's uh, COVID, I think, really destroyed entrepreneurs' mindsets. Because they were forced to shut down, they were forced to do a lot of things that was uncomfortable, and you know, I, I, I bucked it. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Any of that crap. I'm gonna go forward. I'm gonna produce content. I'm gonna keep producing content. And uh, in that, basically, that two year period that COVID scared everybody, I, I produced, you know, a bunch of books. I just, mm-hmm. and and people are like, well, Rob, this is great. You're like an overnight success. Yeah, I've been doing this for 27 years. <laughs> um, well, exactly. And I commend you because you mm-hmm. you didn't let it defeat you. You let it inspire you. Um, I'm going to share something really fast here. We do an annual boot camp every November. This year was our 11th annual. We made the decision at the beginning of 2020, hey, we're going to go to Indianapolis to do the, the ninth annual Mind Capture Boot Camp. Then COVID hit in March of 20. Follow the timeline. Then we said, all right, we'll bring it back to Grand Rapids because it's our home area of Michigan, then Michigan shut completely down, okay? Couldn't do anything. Then we moved to South Bend in the late summer, Indiana, because Indiana had, you could have some public meetings here in the Midwest, socially distanced. Remember, remembers the numbers in the Midwest. Then we found out six weeks before the event, Rob, that the city of South Bend might make an executive call to the mayor to shut the whole city down. We moved the event four times over 11 months, we did the event in November in Michigan City, Indiana, about 30 miles from South Bend. 60 people showed up. We had them sign waivers so they wouldn't sue me. We did all the social distancing, the hand sanitizer, the mask, and people loved it. Here's the feedback that most people don't know that would surprise them maybe. There wasn't one negative comment with all of our social media leading up to the event and post-event. Not like, I can't believe you're not watching out for public safety. Haven't you heard about COVID? And we did it the week after the U.S. presidential election. November 12th and 13th. So there was no negative comments, which surprised me. On the other hand, there wasn't a lot of attaboys. Hey, congratulations from all my speaker friends, all the meeting planners, chambers of commerce, crickets, crickets. And looking back two years later now, we just finished our 12th annual event a couple weeks ago. Here's the three lessons I want to share with the audience. Number one, sometimes you move when it's not popular. We did a live event when everyone was shut down in the Midwest. I was scared. I was worried, are my speakers going to get COVID? Am I going to get COVID? Our team, it went off. But there were some nervous days leading up to the event. Second thing is, don't expect applause when you're making bold moves. Mm-hmm. The whole industry was just quiet. And I'm looking around going, who else is going to step up here? Third major takeaway. I can look back now, and my mom and one of my kids was in the audience at that event. Lead from the front. I said at the beginning of the interview, there were three things to me as a patriotic American. I'm not playing politics. This is just the core value I believe. I'm allowed to speak my mind. That's called freedom of speech. I can have expression and assembly, and I can get us together in a room. And I look back now very grateful and proud in that order. We pulled that event off when no one was doing anything. Everyone was afraid on Zoom calls. HR wouldn't let them attend. We probably turned down 50 companies that wanted to be at the event that couldn't because they were worried about lawsuits in in their HR department. So the history states with all the photos, the testimonials, the videos, people loved that live opportunity. 
they showed up. No one got COVID, thank God. And we made somewhat of history by doing a live event in the middle of a pandemic in the mm-hmm. center of everything being shut down. So I hope we don't have to do that again, Rob. But the lesson is sometimes an opportunity window presents itself and you got to move through the landmine field of public opinion. When I was thinking, oh my God, is my family mad at me? Or is it my, my staff feel okay? Are my clients thinking I've lost my mind? Do they think I don't have a soul? Am I not looking out for public health? I didn't care, Rob. Mm-hmm. Here's my takeaway two and a half years later, post-March 2020. I believe that we look back now, social distancing is the biggest mistake in human history. We're built for social connection, Rob. When I'm live now in LA or Montana or Omaha, wherever I go to, people miss being together. We as creatures, I believe, as humans are built to be around each other, not separate. We're on a Zoom call right now. It's a powerful tool. I'm not anti-Zoom. It's another tool to communicate one to many. Right. However, getting together in groups will never, ever be out of fashion. It's in our DNA to want to get together collectively, right. face-to-face, live. Mm-hmm. So, so how, do, how, how does uh, everybody get a hold of you, and, and how do they get that book, the new book? If you go into a post office, there might be a poster of me on the wall. Kidding <laughs> <laughs> aside, uh, thank you for asking. It's real easy. You just go to mindcapturegroup.com mindcapturegroup.com is our main URL. All sorts of links there to buy, buy books, book me for speaking, or all sorts of free content. Our blog has a lot of stuff on it as well. Yeah, but don't just get the free stuff. Buy stuff. Yeah. Support people. <laughs> I have older kids now. Thank God they made it. I have cats now that are expensive. And um, yeah. at some point, maybe I'll decide to retire at 50. But um, no, I think if anything is why we give a lot of free content like we talked about in the interview is it, it, it makes it where people can access and get information to help them, whether they have resources or not. Then a book to me is a bargain because literally you can take someone's brain of 10 or 20 years of life experience for 15, 20 bucks. Heck, Kindle's five bucks. Some yes. authors give away their stuff for free. And if you want to go to live, it might be 30, 40 bucks. There's boot camps. There's always ways to access me and our team, regardless of what income you have or not. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the joy of entrepreneurship is, I don't have to be about the almighty dollar. I don't have shareholders. I have my internal compass and my team that I report to and my creator. Mm-hmm. That's the difference, which allows me a lot more latitude to give versus being like, that's too expensive. If the CFO says, what about that? I say, well, I'm the boss. That's I'm the benevolent dictator of the enterprise, <laughs> as Gene Simmons used to say from the rock group Kiss. And that's not arrogant. It's supreme confidence, Rob. Let me, again, hit on a key point. One of the key threads of our interview is you have to be confident right? because the world is going to shoot you full of arrows called doubt. They're not going to believe they're going to be jealous and that's okay. Mm-hmm. However, if they see you making productive steps forward, many times your biggest critics become your fans. They become clients because deep down they're like, Hmm, I should maybe do that. Or you know what? I'm a little jealous because I'm not doing that. And if they're following our actions and inspires them to take action, bravo. That's the whole goal. We need people to get into the game because there's so many problems out there, Rob. Step up, people. Find a solution to help the planet. People ask, why don't you give up? There's three reasons why. My kids. Mm-hmm. I have three kids. They're 25, 23, and 20 this year. And I think, you know what? I don't want to leave the world worse off for them. Right. Why would I give up? And some people go, wasn't well, that kind of maybe idealistic? Why not? I don't want to have my life clock and my contributions where my kids go, 
man, why didn't dad do more? Or you know what? Dad really went after it. A couple of my kids have said, dad, we watch you. You just go after things. And hopefully, Rob, I don't know if they're going to hear this interview. That inspires them to take action on their goals and dreams. Not mm -hmm. mine. They watch me lead by example, even through my failures. Mm -hmm. How did I respond to my failures? Mm -hmm. They're watching very carefully. Those are the critics that I take the closest amount of time and attention and thought to are my children and family and our team. I mean, I have six kids, I have four grandkids. And, and so I got to look after the next generation and, uh, you know, make sure that uh, they have the ideals. And, and, and granted, my two-year-old granddaughter has, I think, more sarcasm than I do. And, and it's just, uh, I'm like. <laughs> well, I congratulate you on six, Rob. My, my girlfriend, Lynn, and I, she has two older boys. So there's five collectively between her and I. But, you know, she has grandchildren. And I look at them when I see them and go, you know, what type of world do we want to leave for them? Right. I don't want to sit back and just bitch. I'd rather get moving and take action, mm -hmm. proactively, positively disrupt. Because to me, I say it all the time, to go negative all the time is easy. That's what right. everyone is doing. But to be positive and get after it, that's a rare skill. Uh, yesterday, I made this joke to my wife, and she's kind of getting tired of it anyway, but you know, we are the last generation of people that will ever remember what a beta machine is. <clears throat> you know, and for those that are listening, a beta machine was was the VHS before VHS. And you're probably going, what the hell is VHS? Well, Google it. But anyway, <laughs> um, and, and the thing is, when you put that analogy into being an entrepreneur, we do make a lot of mistakes. We do create a lot of stuff that maybe doesn't work. Beta machines, although we're superior, never caught on like regular VHS. So we're going to create stuff. We're going to make books. We're going to make uh, podcasts. We're going to do stuff. We're going to disrupt the industry, but we're going to keep on going. doesn't matter if we fail. doesn't matter if we succeed. You know, we're going to keep on pushing forward. So maybe one day we'll go, hey, yeah, I was that beta machine, but I kept on going. People remember. Well, John Maxwell has a book called Failing Forward. Just the title alone, I'll tell you, it's worth reading, okay? Entrepreneurship is built on how much can you fail, pick yourself back up, dust yourself off. We call it testing in direct marketing circles. There's no failure. It's called testing. Mm -hmm. And you're constantly failing forward and realizing what the marketplace is going to be the judge and jury, what works, what has value, and what will be allowed to live and fight another day. It could be a product, service, or idea. And what's, what's troubling is you still see a lot of the old analog world of thinking where it's a lot of times it's the old ivory tower, the university system that says, you know what, if you do these things step by step, you'll be a good employee. Well, the world of the last 30 years has become the side hustle world. Anyone under 30 will tell you they aren't completely loyal to the man or the big company. They're moonlighting doing something else, Rob. And that's usually the conversation that a lot of the old academic world doesn't want to hear. The world has changed and they're becoming the dinosaur. I have a college degree. I'm grateful. Go Western Michigan Broncos. However, I remember sitting in classes my junior and senior year of college debating the marketing professor, like, have you actually done that? And I wasn't trying to be a jerk. Mm -hmm. I just asked simple questions. I knew something was wrong. I'm like, this doesn't really work in the real world. Why are you teaching me like this is law? We're supposed to go, I believe, in education to be allowed to question, try new things, and think for ourselves. The education system clearly shows that's not what they're advocating. Right. It's follow, memorize, and listen to us. We have all the rules. Absolutely not. Begin this podcast. I advocated people to question everything we say. I tell live audiences, 
you shouldn't believe me. You should question every slide, every story, every visual thing I show you and see if it fits your frame of reference. Right. Because you have a unique skill set and unique lens or worldview that's different than mine. That's a good thing. So I look at the old university structure, whether they want to admit it or not, is dying. They're going to have to adapt, improvise, overcome. That's from the movie Heartbreak Ridge. Okay. Mm -hmm. Adapt. Clint Eastwood. Overcome. Yep. And if they don't, they're going to see decline in enrollment. They're not going to be able to get away with raising tuition out of control because people are going to go, why? Why do I need to do that? I can go online and get most of this. I can go to a mentor. I can buy one of Rob's books or go to one of Tony's events and learn a lot of the skill set. So you're seeing the old world is being pushed aside, Rob. I'm sorry to say it, but it gives me a lot of hope for our children and grandchildren is that they're going to be creating the future long after we're gone. Right. Here's the big myth. No one's going to remember you or I or probably anyone listening. What? They're going to remember the stories, the stories that we shared and the knowledge that we gave to our children, our clients. That will hopefully pass on. Mm-hmm. A few people that are alive right now are going to be remembered 100 years from now. Maybe it's Michael Jackson, the president, and maybe someone that cured, found a cure for cancer in 20 years. But the whole goal is to keep expanding forward and growing and expanding and using our talents. And it sounds very idealistic, but that's the way life works. Mm-hmm. They're not here for very long, Rob. You gave me the gift of an hour of your time. I gave you the gift of an hour of my yeah. time. Hopefully yeah. those listening, they gave us the gift of their time and attention. And hopefully they'll take an idea or two and they'll implement it. That's the it goal. Was, it was the longest nine seconds of their life. <laughs> we captured them. <laughs> we captured them. Anyway. <clears throat> Thank you, Tony. I, and this is why this is what makes Tony a, a great hero. Not only he has books, but uh, he's he's always giving. So go to his website, mindcapturegroup.com, order his first book, his second book, and go to his events. Thank you. And uh, I'll see you everyone on the next episode. Adios. Rob, that's a good work. Thank you, my friend. <laughs>